Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's service is entitled Deeper Service, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on July 28, 2019. Think about what I'm saying and really listen to the words of the passage that we're going to look at. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're only going to take a little portion of it, but Peter has a whole lot to say in this one little chapter, chapter 2, and it's reflective of the title of our service or our uh, message this morning in regards to service. And so we're going to look at that. Mark your Bibles, 1 Peter, but I want to say this first. I believe that every believer is called to be a servant. See, the moment that you put your faith in Jesus, you are expected to serve. See, there's no middle ground. Either you are in or you are out. There's no such thing as an inactive church member. See, we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet. God has given us this life to serve him. He has given us an opportunity and a privilege to be a part of all the things that he's doing. We don't go do things for God, but we do things with God. We get the privilege of being servants of God. In Romans chapter 12, the writer says this in verses 1 and 2. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God... To present your bodies as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And listen to what he says here what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. He says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living, here's the key word, living as servants of God. Then he goes on to say, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. See, the Bible teaches us that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we become children of God. We belong to God. You and I have been adopted into the family of God. We belong to him. And in this relationship, our aim, our goal is to worship him, being those spiritual sacrifices, the living sacrifices of worship. We want to honor him because we belong to him. So what does this mean? Well, I believe that this means that we have to live in full submission to God's perfect will. We have to live in full submission to God's perfect will. See, there's freedom that we've been given in Christ, but we're not free to do as we desire because we live under the authority of God. He is our Lord and Savior. It's his authority, not ours, that we live by. We have to understand that you and I have been called to serve God and do whatever he asks us to do. And that's the tough part of living in the Christian faith is doing the things that God asks us to because sometimes they're offensive. And when I say they're offensive, that that means they just come against the things that we want to do. So immediately we begin to be defensive, We begin to look at reasons why we shouldn't or why we couldn't or why we wouldn't. 
But the reality is that God wants us to be submissive in regards to his perfect will. See, he wants us to do what is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, the beautiful thing about being servants of God is this, is that, that, that God doesn't need you and I. It's an odd statement, isn't it? See, the beauty of it is that he does not need us, but the beauty comes in the fact that God wants us. Did you catch that? See, God wants you to be a part of everything that he's doing. God wants you to be a part of his family. God has invited us in on something so amazing, so beautiful, and so wonderful that we should be in awe of what we get to do. See, we have a privilege. We've been given a privilege to serve him. It's an invitation to be active. It's the I get to, not the I have to. So if we're expected to be active, what are the steps that we need to take to grow deeper in our service? A greater understanding of what it means to serve in the kingdom of God. Well, we're going to look at that here in just a moment. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, we come into your presence in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you our praise. We give our worship this morning. We sing these songs because we get to, because you breathe life into us, Father. You, we get the privilege and the honor to gather together corporately as the church, as the body of Christ, to worship you, to give you our affections. And this morning, as we open up your word, as we listen to the things that you have to say to us, Father, we pray that you would teach us, that we would be those disciples that you've called us to become, that we would learn from your word, Lord, and we would apply it to our lives, and that we would discover the life that you've created for us. Lord, there's so much here for us, so much you've given us, and we're so thankful and grateful that, that we get these moments. And so, Father, we're attentive this morning. We come with a zeal to, to learn from you, to discover you, to know you more, and to get a greater understanding of what it means to be a servant in your kingdom. So, Father, we pray this morning that you would guide our steps, that you would speak to us, that you would fill us with your spirit and that you would reveal to us the things that you have for us. And I know this morning that you have something for every person here, including myself. So thank you, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we give you glory. All in Jesus' name. Well, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're only going to look at uh, verses 18 through 25. But I'd encourage you sometime through the week, read the whole chapter, because it really gives us a, a great picture of grace through submission, through serving, uh, serving God. He starts in verse 18 by saying, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But when you, if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been, excuse me, by his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned 
to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, in this chapter, Peter gets the heart of servanthood. And we see that because of God's grace, you and I have been called to serve. But this, the variable here is in our service is that it requires a submission to God's will. We have to be obedient to the things that God has called us to, the lot in life, the cards that we have been dealt as, as individuals. And we see here in verses 18 and 19 that complete submission is expected. See, he says, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. And then he goes on, he says, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, when you have God at the forefront, when you do it in Jesus' name, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. See, we have to take note here because I think it just stands out like a sore thumb. We're being told as servants that we must submit to not only the good people in our lives, but also to the unjust, the, the bad people that we work with or do life with. You know, that's a kind of an interesting concept. It's something that, that uh, even as Christians, we're not accustomed to. It's, even as Christians, we don't, we don't always want to be subservient to those that are maybe rule with a heavy hand or maybe mistreat us in, in some way or have authority over us. And they don't, they don't use that authority to lift us up, but to tear us down and kind of beat us up. But he says it very clearly that complete submission is expected. See, for most of us, we don't think that we should have to do what our grumpy bosses tell us to do. And for the most part, you're right. Or are you? See, that's something we have to kind of think about. What does God want for us in our lives? How does God want us to serve Him? See, when it comes to authority and submission, we have to understand that, that we honor God when we honor authority. If you back up a few verses in verse 15... He says, for this is the will of God that by doing good, listen to this part, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. See, and this applies to people in the workplace. It applies to our, our, our ministry leaders. It applies across the board. It's not just for the, the good ones, but it's also for the bad ones. And, and if you listen to what he's saying here in verse 15, He's reminding us if we are obedient and submissive to God as servants of Jesus Christ, we listen to authority, we do what we're supposed to do in regards to living a life that is reflective of Jesus Christ, we silence the ignorance of the foolish people. You know, I heard something interesting, and I thought it was kind of a good statement. Only a fool responds to a fool. <laughs> you know, and I think... In, in a way that, that, that Peter's teaching us that same mindset in the sense that, that we don't go against what we believe in order to follow worldly authority. We stand firm in our faith, but it's how we do that that reflects Jesus Christ or reflects the world. See, because a lot of times we think that, that we can just stand firm in our faith and we can be bold and we just kind of shove it down their throats and we just tell them how it is and that's what it is because I'm a Christian and I believe it. And you're not going to change me. See, but the Bible teaches us something very different. See, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. He says, because it's easy to love those that love us. See, Jesus tells us that, that we are to, to share the truth in love. 
See, and how you and I do that is reflective to our submission, our service to God, our understanding that we have been called to be a servant. And I think it's important because we see here in this picture in, in Peter chapter 2, this picture of slaves. Because you and I, we don't know what it means to be a slave here in our current time or in our culture. But in those moments and in those times, he was speaking to the slaves of the community. He is speaking to the outcasts of the Gentiles, those that are followers of Jesus Christ. And he knew that they had some struggles and some tough moments that they had to deal with. And he's encouraging them here. He's reminding them of who they belong to. See, the question that we have to ask ourselves are, are we willing to obey God in how we serve and in who you serve? I'd like you to listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 13 because it affirms what Peter says here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. See, there's a responsibility there for the leader. Let him do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. See, we we are told, we have to remember, as servants of God, we are to honor everyone. Sometimes that's tough to do. I I get that. I, I understand that. Sometimes we just tell ourselves, you know, I just don't want to anymore. Every now and then, I'll I'll share this with you, uh, kind of put it out there, but every now and then, you know, faced with a tough situation, you know, people are being mean to me or something like that, something's going on, whether it be in the church or outside of the church, and and I'll jokingly tell my wife, well, I just don't want to be the good guy. (laughs) I just want to be the good guy this time, you know? I want to just tell him how I feel. I just want to say what I want to say. But because God has graciously given me my wife, she reminds me, you need to do what God wants you to do, not what you want to do. So thank goodness for my wife. I think at times we'll we'll suffer and have tough moments. People will be in authority over us that we don't really appreciate the way they they rule over us. And we'll have people that that we really love how they, they are in authority over us. But either way, regardless, submission full submission to God is expected. Well, how do you do that? How do you, how do you submit when you don't want to submit? How do, you, how do you be a servant in all of the worlds that you live in? Not just at home, just not, not just on Sunday mornings while we gather together with other brothers and sisters of the faith. How do we move towards a deeper service? Well, simply what he says in verses 21 and 22, a servant becomes a disciple. He says, for to you, to, to, for to this, you have been called. Every, every, every person that puts their faith in Jesus Christ is expected to be a servant. For to this, you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might, listen to this part, so that you might follow in his steps. So understanding that you are a servant of God, that you belong to God, that he is our master and we are here to serve him. He has given us authority over things, a keeper of his household. We must follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We must become a disciple of Christ. We must learn the things of Christ and follow in his steps. See, putting your faith in Jesus means that you will follow him wherever he leads you. You will trust him down any path that he sets before you. 
You will believe that he has set this path in front of you with a purpose and a plan. And your job, your responsibility is to be obedient in your service to him and follow and learn and discover. Well, I know that uh, at times it's, it's not easy to do that. I know at times we don't want to stay on that narrow path. We, we want to go to that wide path, right? Because it's a little easier. We can maneuver around a little bit quicker. You know, on that narrow path, we fall off real easy and it's harder to, to kind of get back up. So we think... See, the road to to being his disciple isn't always easy. It can get hard. It can be messy. You and I will will suffer at times because of it. We'll face uh, ridicule, persecution. Um, We'll have to deal with tough moments. And the Bible is very clear. It teaches us that that's what's going to happen. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, period. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I don't know if you guys have ever, ever been persecuted for your faith. I don't know if you've ever gone through a tough moment for standing up for your faith and being bold, not, not in an unloving way, but in a very loving way, just saying, hey, you know what? This is what I believe and this is why I believe it. And yet still, it's just not enough for somebody and they still will mess with you and kind of persecute you. And then as you go down that road, you discover things that Jesus has for you. Well, I know that, that I've been down some of those roads at times in my life. I remember a time in, in my wife and I's life when we were going through a very, very, very super, probably one of the hardest moments in our lives. And, and we had people saying some very mean things about us. Some very, very tough things to kind of comprehend and swallow. And I remember as, as her and I were having a conversation about it and just kind of talking about it, you know, we were acknowledging the things that were being said and saying, you know, do you really think that's who we are? Do you think that's really what we were saying? Do you really think that's what was going on in our lives that we would act or respond or, or behave that way? And why would they see that? Why would they, why would they think that? Why would they say that? about us. And it was, it, was a, it was a tough moment because we had to wrestle through all those criticisms. We had to wrestle through all those kind of those thoughts and the, the discouragement of thinking that people would think of us in that manner or in that way. And then God, in his, in his mercy and his grace, he reminded us and he gave us this passage in 1 Peter. He reminded us that, that we are to do this in 1 Peter 2.20. He says, for what credit is it if when you sin, you are beaten for it, you endure. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. See, because the fact of the matter is that then when, when we do what is right, there's going to be times that we're going to suffer for it. But I, I want to encourage you this morning, if that happens or if that's happened to you, don't stop doing what is right. Keep doing what honors God. Keep becoming a servant that is growing as a disciple of God, that is learning from Jesus and following in his footsteps. Because you know what? Jesus did the very same thing for you and I. Jesus suffered. He gave himself so that you and I could have these tough moments so that you and I can have a family that we can come to and turn to in these tough moments. See, Jesus suffered so that we could have life and life eternal. 
And that's why Peter is encouraging. He says, you know what? It's not good to suffer for doing bad things because it's not a good thing. It doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor others. But when you suffer for doing what is right, stay faithful. Continue to do what is right because it's a beautiful, glorious, gracious thing. And it brings honor to God. It's a picture of grace in submission. See, the aim for you and I is to please God and not to please man. See, when we, when we do the wrong things and we, we, we respond in the wrong ways, we're, we're trying to please ourselves. We're trying to please man. We're trying to correct and, 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 and defend ourselves. But he's saying, you don't have to do that. Just do what's right. Defend the gospel by doing what's right, by living in accordance to God's perfect will. And his grace, it'll be sufficient. His grace will be revealed and others will see that. And others will respond to that. Well, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I don't want to be a servant if I got to suffer. <laughs> if this is what it means to serve God, and I got to serve others and suffer for it, then why can't I just believe in God and leave the servant part out? Yeah? Well, because I believe that's not what God desires for us. Jesus told us that, that God loved the world so much that, that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you and I, for the world around us, so that all would believe, so that all would be saved. See, and then in verse 17 of that gospel of John, he reminds us, and I think this is the best part of it, is that, that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. See, just as much as Christ died on the cross for you, he died on the cross for the person sitting next to you and the person that works with you and that family member that you just don't get along with, that friend or coworker that you just don't get along with. See, a servant becomes a disciple. We learn and we discover and we see what Jesus did for us and then we follow we model, we, we live a life that's reflective of who he is. We become image bearers of the Savior. And we respond in a way that brings glory and honor to God. See, in our service to God, we should always be actively serving him by serving those around us. Your willingness to be submissive to God will, in this area, it will help others to have a faith of their own. See, I've got to imagine that the same kind of service to God, the same kind of submission to God happened in someone's life around your life. There's, there's probably a name or a person that you can go back to that, that modeled the faith that just stood out. And because of that faith, you saw that submission, you saw the way they served, the way they loved. And because of that, you moved closer and deeper into a faith of your own. I know it holds true for me. My grandmother and my mom, they modeled what it meant to be a servant of God. They served him faithfully. My mom still serves him faithfully. And because of that, I have a faith of my own. They modeled it for me. And just as you model it for others, they'll begin to move towards a faith of their own. See, in our verses here, we see this to be true. Look at what it says in verse 23. It says, When he was reviled... 
he did not revile in return. Listen to how Jesus responded. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges completely. Full and complete submission to the perfect will of God. See, Jesus set the example of what it means to serve. He suffered in service to you and I. The example is what brought us to faith in him. See, could you imagine if, if the, the Savior, the, the Jesus that you and I worshipped was mean and cruel and, and, and not nice? <laughs> I, I got to imagine that. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow him. <laughs> That's not the Savior that I want. If I needed that kind of Savior, I can just go to the world for that. See, but Jesus was completely different. He was completely perfect. He was completely loving. He was completely kind. He showed compassion. He healed. He helped. He served. And he honored God because it was all a part of God's perfect will for him. And the same holds true for you and I. God has a plan for us. God has a will for our lives. And in that will, God has called us to serve. And in this service, it goes deeper than just serving the people that are easy to serve, serving those that, that we get along with. But God tells us that we are to serve all those who are in authority. Even, even the emperor, he says here. I got to imagine at this time, because of where these people are at, they didn't like their emperor. They didn't like their leaders. But God still says, I need you to be in full submission to me. It's expected because you belong to me. You're my child. I am your God. And I need you to trust me. See, I, I believe that, that this is why Peter ends this encouragement to help us see this because I think it's important for us to see this as servants, that, that in our service to God, it brings freedom. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, right? Service, freedom, how do they go together? But listen to what he says here in verses 24 and 25. He says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed for you were straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, Jesus served God on our behalf so that we could have freedom. See, Jesus served God on our behalf so we could have freedom. Go back to verse 16 and 17. He says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love, your bro love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. See, God has given us freedom. We are free. We are free from sin. We are free from an eternal damnation. We have been set free. But in that responsibility of, of obtaining that freedom, we have to live in the rule and the oversight of God. We have to live in accordance to, to God's perfect will for our lives. See, he is our master and we are his servants. He gave so that we can give. 
And it's our responsibility to serve in a way that shows full submission and reflects the one that we follow. See, as a Christian, this is a characteristic that, that others need to see in you and I. A heart of servanthood, a Jesus-like servanthood. See, he did this so that we can be free. Jesus came and served us by dying on the cross, by giving up of himself so that you and I could have. And likewise, we should do the same so that others could have. See, we're free to serve in accordance to God's will, free to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ, free to go deeper in our faith. Well, I want to close our time with verses 9 and 10 in our chapter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says this. I think it's a, it's a powerful and important statement as we remember who we are in Christ. He says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That you, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Did you catch that? Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Remember who he's speaking to. He's, he's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to you and I. He says, you are a chosen people, a holy nation, a priesthood, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. You are now God's people and live as such. What, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful reminder of how God brings us and gives us these mercies. How he brings us into freedom. But you and I, we have to understand our service. That we are servants to our God. That he is our master. And we belong to him. And our lives should be reflective of that. We should live in a way that brings honor to God and honors others. You and I, we have been called to be a servant. I want to ask you this morning, are you in or are you out? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your mercies. We thank you that grace means submission. That Father, as we, as we fully submit to you, as we bow our hearts, our lives, our bodies, everything that we are to you, as we commit our bodies to you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, Father that you would guide our lives, Father, that you would show us the things that you have for us, that you would help us to become the disciples that you've called us to be. Father, and that we would open up your word, that we would seek out the truths that we find in Scripture, the things that you would have for us, the things that you would speak to us about. Father, and that we would apply them to our lives, that we would hold them like precious silver, that we would treasure them Father, because they're your words, because they come from you, because it, it's, it's our, our guide to life, to living a way that would just bring glory and honor to you, to, to understand, Father, that we are here to serve out of obedience to you, to honor you, to glorify you, and to lift you up, Father, 
And the only way to do that is to know you, to live for you, and to walk with you. Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would just guide our steps, that you would help us to see a little bit more clearly today than we, we did yesterday. Father, and that what we see today, that our, that our ears and our eyes, that, that everything that you've opened up to us, Father, that you've shown us, Father, that we would just apply that to our lives and that we would take it out into the world and we would share it with the world around us. That we would offer your truth in love to those that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. To those that, that need to see us serve in a way that, that just glorifies you. Father, it's all for your glory. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. And I pray this morning as we go away from here, Father, that we would be fully committed, that not only as we gather together on Sundays, that we would commit to the time that we have together, but Father, that each and every day that our lives would be reflective of someone who is fully committed, fully submissive to your perfect will, Father, that your name would be glorified in the world around us and others would see it and they'd want to know about it. And I pray that you would give us the words to share with them, to share with them your story, all the things that you've done for us, all the things that you've given us. And the greatest thing is your son, Jesus, who died on a cross so that we could have life and life more abundant. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we give you all the glory. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.